You're listening to the best of Halford and Bruff. You're listening to Halford and Bruff. Shot out towards an empty net. Not going to have enough to go, or will it? It does. Oilers are going to win this hockey game. 11 straight for Edmonton. Um, it's frustrating, but sometimes that's how it goes. I'm glad that we were able to beat, uh, beat Toronto and uh, beat the Toronto fans out there. Stronger than a bear, faster than a buck. The biggest thing to hit Canada because the Maple Leafs suck. Good morning, Vancouver 601 on a Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, everybody. It is Halford. It is Brough. It is Sportsnet 650. We are coming to you live from the Kintech Studios in beautiful Fairview Slopes in Vancouver. Jason, good morning. Good morning. Hey, dog. Good morning to you. Good morning. Laddie, good morning to you as well. Hello, hello. Halford and Brough of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Accurate Dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Accurate Dealer today. We are in hour one of the program. It's just started. Hour one is brought to you by North Star Metal Recycling. Vancouver's premier metal recycler pays the highest prices on scrap metal. North Star Metal Recycling, they recycle, you get paid. Visit them at 1170 Palace Street in Vancouver. We're doing that thing where we're both wearing black t-shirts again. The black shirts. We sure are. The black shirts are back. We're back, baby. Yeah. One of you has to switch to a black tank top now. I can do that. I'll I'll take my shirt off and then I'll be wearing a white shirt. Please don't do that. We're coming to you live from the Kintec studio. Kintec, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, powered by thousands of five-star Google reviews. Sore feet, what are you waiting for? I've never seen such a white shirt. Kintec! Oh, yeah, that's what you're waiting for. Also, his white shirt. Yeah. Which is skin. Mm-hmm. Okay, so first and foremost, it's it's tricky out there. We acknowledge to all of our motorists right now listening to the Halford & Brush on Sportsnet 650. As the uh, local traffic guy just said during the updates, take extra time. Take extra precaution. I have a weather update for you. It is snowing. Thank you, Andy. Yep. Thank you. That's meteorologist Andy Cole. I'll I'll give you another update in five minutes. Guys, Uh, my commute went from five minutes to seven minutes. Don't don't do that. Don't do that. (laughs) I am the the worst person. There are people out there struggling, and you're talking about how I had a third dessert. Some guy listening to the show in a ditch right now, bro. (laughs) That's why you showed up at 5.58 instead of 5.56. Exactly, Uh, man. It's tough out there. Yeah. So, um... Take solace in the fact that the longer your commute takes, the more that means you get to listen to the Halford and Bruff show on Sportsnet 650. And I say this because we are going heavy, heavy with the hockey talk today. In fact, I think it's going to be exclusively three hours of Vancouver Canucks and NHL coverage. It will begin at 630 with Pete Blackburn. He is one of the co-hosts of the new show, What Chaos? You have to say it like that because it's got an actual exclamation point. Oh, okay. What Chaos? That is all City Network's new national hockey show. Him and DJ Bean, also a very funny dude. Pete's a funny guy as well. They'll be joining us, or Pete will be joining us at 6.30. Uh, we'll talk around the NHL. He's a Boston guy, so we'll talk about the Bruins. We can also get into what they've been doing on the show. Some really great interviews that they've had so far. Connor Bedard and Brad Marchand and Adam Fantilli. It's kind of one of those, like, the other side of the National Hockey League yeah. with personalities coming to play. I'll be curious to talk to Pete about how the Bruins are doing this without Bergeron and Krejci. Like, do they have one of the weakest groups of centers in the NHL, and yet they're still winning games like they've got the best group of centers in the NHL? It's really annoying, frankly. They shouldn't yes. be this high up in the standings. I don't like it. Yeah. They're quite good. I was expecting them to be not as good this year. Mm-hmm. Um, at 7 o'clock, 
Jason Greger is going to join us from Sports 1440 in Edmonton. In case you missed it, the Edmonton Oilers are the hottest team in hockey. They won their franchise record 11th consecutive game. I'm going to ask Jason, how strange is it that for all the amazing teams, all the iconic teams that have played over the history of the Edmonton Oilers, individual seasons, how is it this group that has put together the greatest winning streak in franchise history? The same group that got Jay Woodcroft fired. Also, what is Jay Woodcroft thinking right now? Mm-hmm. What must be going through that mind of his he right now? like, ah, I should have been better at defending, I guess. That, that is one of the things he should have been better at. So Jason Greger is going to join us at 7 o'clock to talk about that. 7.30, more hockey talk. We're going to go down to California. We're going to do West Coast Hockey Talk with Jonathan Davis, host of the Ice Cap on Sirius XM NHL Radio. We'll do Kings, Ducks, Golden Knights, whoever from the West Coast, especially the Kings, who after snapping an eight-game losing streak, got back to their losing ways last night. They got thumped by Dallas 5-1. So we'll talk to Jonathan Davis about that at at 7.30. And then at 8, Ian Furness out of Seattle. Now, I'll say this. We're going to do all the sports with Ian. We will do some Seattle Kraken after they had a franchise record, record win streak. Uh, They lost two in a row. We can talk Seahawks. We can talk Huskies. It's been a crazy time for Seattle sports. So Ian Furness from 93.3 KJR Seattle Sports Radio is going to join us at 8. Okay, we're also giving away same stuff as every time we've done it the rest of the days this week. We are giving away a big football game prize pack. Sunday, February 11th, there is a big football game. You may have heard about it. We are giving away a reservation for you and five friends plus a $100 gift card Uh, to the Clayton Public House. We're also giving away a pair of tickets to see the Canucks and Blackhawks, which was... Oh, that that would be big. It was known as the Connor Bedard game. Now it's known as the Jason Dickinson game. Right. The Darren Radish game. Yeah, the Boris Kachuk game. We could go down the list if we like, but look, Canucks, Blackhawks, January 22nd from Rogers Arena. We're giving away a pair of tickets. If you want the big football game prize pack, Put a football emoji into your what we learned. And if you want the Canucks tickets, put a ticket emoji into the what we learned. I did it. I did it. Sorry. I got it right. Taylor Radish. Not Darren Radish. <laughs> Taylor Radish. I Taylor Radish has a brother. Brother. Though. Is there yeah. a Darren? I hope his name is Darren. Yeah. If it's not, I don't know where Darren Radish is. There's Billy Radish out yeah. on the right Taylor wing. Taylor Radish with... is the one with the wife named Taylor Radish. That's right. Did you know that? No, I didn't. That's awesome. Yeah. Though. Taylor Radish married a Taylor. The two Taylors? Yeah. Did, uh, did Rem Pitlick find a Rem? No. There's only one Rem. There's only also one. Also, his Rem. wife didn't change her name. <laughs> okay, working in reverse. 8 o'clock, Ian Furness, 7.30, Jonathan Davis. 7 o'clock, Jason Greger, 6.30, Pete Blackburn. Huge show. Huge hockey show. Very excited to do it. Without further ado, Laddie, let's tell everybody what happened. Hey, did you guys see the game last night? No. Oh, what happened? I missed all the action because I was... We know how busy your life can be. What happened is brought to you by the BC Construction Safety Alliance, making safety simpler by giving construction companies the best in tools, resources, and safety training. Visit them online at bccsa.ca. The Canucks had a day off after returning home from that marathon road trip where they went 5-1-1 and really turned some heads around the NHL and I think changed some opinions in this market. Uh, I imagine they'll practice today, although the they weather... Will. Yeah, it's, they're going to practice at 11.30. Okay, so uh, wake up early, Canucks, because the roads are a mess. Mm-hmm. Um, Thursday's visit by the Arizona Coyotes, who were in action last night in Calgary. Uh, on paper, 
you're looking at this five-game homestand that the Canucks have heading into the All-Star break, and you're like, not exactly a murderer's row coming in. It's the Coyotes. It's the Leafs, who we'll talk about in a bit, and are a bit of a mess. Uh, Chicago's terrible. And then St. Louis and Columbus. Uh, hopefully that's not what the Canucks are thinking. And the way Tockett has kept this team honest this season, I doubt they are. Also probably worth noting that the Blues and Blue Jackets actually beat the Canucks on this road trip. So the Canucks might have a little bit of revenge in their hearts. Five home games before the All-Star break when the Canucks will send five players to Toronto where the media, those jackals, honestly, the the national hockey media – We'll be ready and waiting to grill Elias Pettersson about his contract situation. Whether he likes it or not, note, he will not like it. Um, I guess it's also possible um, during this homestand that we might hear some reports about the Canucks meeting or not meeting with Petey's reps. And this isn't just us speculation, speculating. Uh, Pat Brisson, um, super agent, also agent to Elias Pettersson with J.P. Barry indicated in an article with um, Ian McIntyre that he would touch base with his client after the road trip. Mm -hmm. You never know. Maybe he touched base yesterday. Uh, Brisson told Sportsnet recently that negotiations with the Canucks could happen during the season. Um, Brisson said, I can't say whether it'll be in two weeks or two months, but they could definitely still happen this season. And wouldn't the All-Star break... Makes sense to schedule some talks. Everyone go to Toronto and have a chat. All the power brokers together in Toronto. And Petey can get some exercise at the All-Star game if he needs it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because after the break, you know, after this All-Star break, things get busy again for the Canucks. And they'll stay busy until the trade deadline in March. And then they'll stay busy until the playoffs. Look. Here's the thing. I'm dropping a look nice and early here. Yeah, that's an early look. The conversation around Elias Pettersson's contract is going nowhere and is not going to um, de-escalate until it gets signed. That is just the reality. And this isn't Bruff and I pushing a narrative. It's not Sportsnet 650 with our corporate overlords from back east making sure that we get the clicks. It's just how it's going to be because more and more people are picking up on this. For example, yesterday, Kristen Shilton from ESPN was writing in her power rankings and in the power rankings in each team's breakdown, they had what's the one big question for the team moving forward. And the one big question for the Vancouver Canucks, the number two team in the power rankings wasn't, are they going to be able to keep this up? Are they going to finish with like 115 points? It was, are they going to get Elias Pettersson signed by the end of the year? All-star game. We've talked about this plenty of times. When you go to one of these national media um, events and there's a bunch of people coming in, you're going to get asked about your contract situation. It's also very clear that Patrick Alvin, in doing his media rounds right now, is addressing the fact that, yes, they would like to have conversations. Yes, they're trying to have conversations. So, and, and I haven't mentioned the biggest one of all of this, is that uh, Elias Pettersson's one of the biggest stars in the National Hockey League right now. Like, he is having... He was actually the first star of the week. He is having a tremendous season. Maybe the temperature isn't as ratcheted up as he's just having like a good, not great season. Mm -hmm. But he is coming off a week in which, as you mentioned, he was named the NHL's first star. He's headed to the NHL's marquee event uh, in the middle of the season, the All-Star Game. He is putting up points reunited on the lotto line that's going to surpass his career high. All of these things just lead to the inevitability of, yeah, 
We're going to talk about Elias Pettersson. And IMAC talked about Elias Pettersson with Patrick Alvin. Well, Patrick Alvin, yeah. And then this was from an interview that um, IMAC had with Alvin on the road. So it's a few days old, but IMAC published it in transcript form on sportsnet.ca. And there was lots of talk in his conversation. Um, and Alvin saying, you know, we got to push even harder in the second half and continue to practice hard because things aren't going to get any easier. Remember, they're. Still trying to change the culture, and Alvin always always talks like we haven't done anything yet. Um, we still got to keep going. Um, we love the process so far, but the process has to continue. Um, as for the trade deadline, I think we all expect the Canucks to be aggressive, and Alvin said he owes it to the players to be aggressive at the deadline. And this was his, this was his quote, the players dictate how good we are and how they're buying into the way we want to play. We know that they are capable of playing at this high level. And if they continue to do that, then it's on me to make sure I support them and give them opportunities to be successful. Now that doesn't just mean that he's going to make moves for the sake of making moves. (laughs) I think we all know that this, that this um, management group, along with the head coach, and another thing that came up in the interview was that Alvin and Tockett are in constant communication, and Tockett is saying, like, I need this, and Alvin's been like, okay. Um, mm-hmm. So they're not just going to bring in someone for the sake of bringing it in, because um, I know a lot of people have issues with them making too many moves and maybe affecting chemistry, and I think that's something certainly to be yeah. um, wary of, but... You know, a guy like Kuzmenko, uh, who came up in the conversation, Alvin said, look, I've liked his game lately, but he deferred a lot of the path forward to, obviously, Kuzmenko, but also to the head coach. And he said the players usually dictate where they fit and how they perform and all that. Talk is a puzzle guy, and we want to make sure the puzzle works. So we talk about different ideas and things, and then we'll see where things go. So, you know, their conversations are probably... Similar to some of the conversations we have, they're like, okay, we've got the, we, what? What if we keep the lotto line together? Where does Kuzmenko fit? Where might we need a guy? Do we need to add a center or a winger, et cetera, et cetera? I'm sure they have the same questions of the defense. Now, I kind of saved the the biggest for last, um, the Pedersen part of the interview with Patrick Alvin. IMac asked him. Do you believe Pedersen wants to remain a Canuck? Can't ask it any more direct than that. Do you believe Pedersen wants to remain a Canuck? This is what Alvin said. I do believe that he wants to be part of a good team. (laughs) He wants to be part of a winning team. And I do know that he has a good relationship with talk. And he really appreciates the changes and the direction the team is going. That answer by Alvin is probably not as confident as a lot of Canucks fans would like because it makes it seem that the Canucks still have some um, convincing to do of Pedersen. Like, it wasn't a, yes, I do believe he wants to be a Canuck. He said, I do believe that he wants to be part of a good team. Now, unfortunately, the Canucks aren't the only good team in the NHL. There are other good teams. Also, I think that maybe that's a sign of um, sustainability, seeing what happens in the second half, seeing if this is a good regular season team, or maybe 
a good playoff team. I think there's a lot to prove on both sides, more so with the Canucks, I think, because Pedersen holds all the leverage here. I'm going to I also want to say this. I do think I've started to think about and recalibrate all of the haters who say nasty things towards media members who want to question the ongoing state of negotiations and talks. I think everyone, everyone acknowledges how fragile a situation it could be. Stress the word could because there's still a lot of time left here. But I think that most of you are just projecting when you say that this is an overblown media narrative or that there's nothing here because he's a restricted free agent. He's guaranteed to come back next year anyway. (laughs) And you guys are idiots for even bringing this up during what is a historically good Canucks season. And to that, I'll say you're projecting. You're projecting fear. You're projecting a bit of concern because one, you're a Canucks fan. You're trained to be that way. But two, you have to acknowledge the fact that in the midst of a terrific season, both individually and uh, as a team, the Canucks and Pedersen haven't found that common ground yet. When you haven't found it yet, it does lead to a bit of consternation. They, they That's all not, I'm saying. They, we could, we they, could wake up tomorrow, Jason, and the deal could be done. Mike, and I'm it's acknowledging not even that they, as well. They haven't even found a, a time to talk. Well, they're working on it, right? They're working well, the Canucks on it. are. Yeah, the Canucks are throwing it out there, right? The what, fact, what do you want to meet? The fact that they listed his relationship with Rick Tockett as one of the reasons why he should stay, it's not exactly the confident statement to me either because, you know, quickly a coaching relationship and a coach, a head coach job can change just, just like that, right? Just he's going to play, sign a long-term contract because just, of that? Just to play devil's advocate yeah, on I, that, though. I, I think he's been – I think Alvin's been just complimentary of Tockett the whole season. Yes, but it's just – you think I, you'd come up with another more confident reason why you'd want to stay. <laughs> Alvin thrives uh, saying as many words as possible without saying anything of substance. Yeah. So I think everything that's going on right now is designed to uh, d- raise as few waves as possible and just try and keep everything as blanket level, real surface level statements. But at the same time, it's clear that they want it out there that they're, they're willing to talk. Yeah, well, you have to have some sort of yeah. angling, be it with the public mm-hmm. or trying to, you know, if we can't get through to you in a sit-down meeting, we're going to get through to you in another way, shape, or but form. But it does feel right? like everyone's kind of tiptoeing around this. Like, you know, again, I'm kind of joking, like, PD's a horse and you don't want to, like, spook him, right? Yeah, well, Otherwise, you might just start start running. But l- listen, um, IMAC asked Alvin himself, he asked him, based on your experience, is this situation unusual? A core player eligible for restricted free agency, wanting to hold off negotiations. And Alvin said, maybe a little bit, yeah. It feels different than your typical negotiation. It feels different than the typical situation that you that, that might occur when, you know, you would think that this would be the time that PD would want to strike. Um, and it's just, you know, I, I know I was listening to Earth on the show yesterday and just said something feels a little bit off. And I've talked to a few people and they all have that same feeling. Now, this could just be Pedersen and his camp uh, making us all dance. And maybe they're perfectly willing to engage in negotiations and they're just kind of just like, let them get a little bit scared. Let them get a little bit scared. Let them wonder. Let them speculate. Let them do all this. Yep. And let them think that I might leave. You know, they say in negotiations that if you're ever looking for a raise, make sure that you have a plan B, that you can say, okay, well, I'm going to leave then. 
right? That's mm-hmm. the best way. Have you ever gone got, gone to uh, a boss and you're like, can I get a raise? They're like, no. What are you going to do about it? I will be at work tomorrow. <laughs> See you tomorrow, boss. <laughs> Try doing it in our positions with one sports radio station in the city. Yeah. You want to talk about that easy. It's not all that easy. You want to talk about a lack of leverage. Yeah. Hey, and they're like, hey. are you willing to move somewhere else? No. Also not that. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't really want to change hours. Yeah. But aside from that, <laughs> I'm willing to change. Okay. Uh, let's whip through some of the other big stories from the National Hockey League last night. We mentioned the Edmonton Oilers are an unstoppable force right now. Uh, They won their 11th consecutive game. Very entertaining game. I don't know how much you caught it yesterday. In Edmonton, Leafs come in, get a 2-0 lead, and then Edmonton roars back to win 4-2. We have the Ryan McLeod goal. Let's play the Ryan McLeod goal from the audio. The big bold letters. Audio, final call. That's interesting because I put it in the notes. Ryan McLeod scored the go-ahead goal with 3.05 left in the third. Evan Bouchard added an empty netter. Oilers win their 11th straight. Um, There was two sides to this one because the Toronto media sort of infiltrated Edmonton as they want to do when they go on the road. And the Toronto media got um, very angsty by the end of this one, realizing that the Leafs now only have four regulation wins in their last 14 games. Two of those regulation wins were against the San Jose Sharks. They're on a four-game losing streak, and they're getting closer and closer to being right in the throes of the wild card chase in the East. And I, I, this one's going to be very, very interesting to monitor for a variety of reasons, not including the fact that Toronto's going to be in Vancouver over the weekend. But for as great as it's going in Edmonton right now, not going so great for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Speaking of other Canadian God, teams that in action. 13 regulation wins sure stands out like a sore thumb when you look at all the, the other standings. playoff teams. Well, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, even their division, right? Mm-hmm. Um Florida's got 24. The Bruins have 21. You want to compare it to the Canucks? Let's compare it to the Canucks because that's fun. The Canucks have 27, and so does Winnipeg. There's no one in a playoff position right now that has, like, anything resent. Well, Philly's got 16, I guess. Philly's got 16, but, like, a team that's as low as the standings, we mentioned this yesterday, Buffalo has 17 to Toronto's 13. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, other NHL scores from last night as it pertains to the Canadian teams. Uh, I hate saying every Jets conversation has to be prefaced with this, but we don't talk about the Winnipeg Jets nearly enough. The Winnipeg Jets are the best team in hockey right now. They got Kyle Connor back last night after he missed 16 games. They win again 4-2 against the slumping New York Islanders. Um, This is a team that is atop the NHL standings and now has 13 wins in its last 16 Shows no signs of slowing down. And, oh, yeah, guess how many goals the Winnipeg Jets allowed last night? Zero again? Dos. Two. Two? Two. That streak is one of the, ho- the longest in hockey right now. Connor Hellebuck, 35 saves, only allows two goals. Uh, other ones from last night. Calgary, you mentioned that the Canucks' next opponent, the uh, Arizona Coyotes, were in Calgary last night. Calgary won that one 3-2 in overtime. That's Calgary's fourth straight victory. So they're heating up. Uh, yes. Arizona's hanging around, eh? Arizona isn't great in January. If you look, I think they're two and six in mm-hmm. January. But they're hanging around. They're 21, 18, and three, positive two goal differential. They, they got are, a point last night. They're pretty much the definition of like 500. Mm-hmm. And not, and they're above NHL 500, but, you know, they're, 
They're not. They're they're much better than a lot of people expected. Seattle Kraken lost their second straight. We mentioned that, and they've got Toronto coming up as well in their next game. So that one should be interesting. And finally, uh, it, we would be remiss if we didn't check in on the Canadian Tire Fire that is the Ottawa Senators. The Ottawa Senators are awful. Like I know that they had some internal strife and there was some changeover, especially at the ownership level. But it doesn't seem that this core of players that they've put together uh, is going to be around. For the long haul, because it, now they've changed the ownership, the general manager, and the head coach. They're worse defensively under Jacques Martin. That's Martin. crazy. Like, that they, a guy that was brought in specifically yeah. to make them better defensively, they're now worse. They had a total meltdown last night against Colorado in the third period. Yeah, that's the second time that's Can happened you imagine against Colorado. The, the Senators and the Canucks had, they were kind of matching each other in terms of their trajectory until the Canucks hired Rick Tockett. And then we all know the direction the Canucks have gone under Tockett. The Sens have almost gotten worse. So can you imagine if the Canucks had hired Tockett and they'd gotten worse defensively? Yeah. That's basically where we're at. I'm going to be real curious to see um, what they do, not only at the trade deadline, but more this offseason, because I think they're going to go in there and going to be like, all right, who are the guys we really want to keep? Um, all the other guys, even if they are big names, you know, or mm-hmm. uh, once highly touted, they're going to be gone or they're going to be available because we need to make changes. The whole idea of the Ottawa Senators needs to be changed well, here. Well, can I tell you what I think is it might happen here at the end of the year is that Brady Kachuk follows in the footsteps of his brother. <laughs> no, he already it, signed long-term. So it's even easier to move him now. You got cost no, certainty. No. It's all gone wrong in Ottawa. Hey. There's already a template for how the Kachuks exit Canadian cities. And and he can't do that because he's signed long-term. They can just be like, "Uh, no, we're not going to trade you. I've never seen any young star player that becomes dissatisfied with his current situation leave before. Just because his name is Kachuk. Did did Jack Eichel leave Buffalo? I can't remember. Did he, after signing a a long-term deal, did he ask for a trade and leave? He asked for a trade. Did he leave? Absolutely, he did. Did, And they gave him the trade. Yeah, because he's a little baby. (laughs) I wanted to ask that one specifically. Kachuk needs Kachuk needs something to argue about. Like he's just like, I've got an injury, and you're treating it this way, and I want to treat it this way. And so you, like, we got we get like, a template like, from his brother and Jack Eichel. They're all American. It's like you got how cut, crazy you, is this? You got a cut on your finger, Brady. And it's <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, but I wanted the Superman bandage, and you wanted just like this regular bandage, and I want out of Ottawa. He's holding up his finger. You're listening to the best of Halford and Bruff. You're listening to the best of Halford and Bruff. <laughs> The following schools are close today. Shelbyville, Ogdenville, Ogdenville Tech, and Springfield Elementary. <gasps> My dear Watson Detective School. No. And lastly, Springfield Elementary School Yay! is open. No. And it's open season on savings at Springfield Menswear, which is closed. Oh, it's an all-timer. I forgot about that one. You're listening to the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Halford and Bruff in the morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. We are in hour three of the program. Ian Furness is going to join us just a moment here for some Seattle sports talk. Uh, hour three of this program is brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. We are coming to you live from the Kintech studio. Kintech Canada's favorite orthotics provider, powered by thousands of five-star Google reviews. Sore feet, what are you waiting for? Kintech! I'm excited to announce that. I'm also excited to announce, I, I waited until 8 o'clock. Mm-hmm. 
because I figured any young elementary school students that are wondering if there's going to be a snow day or not might not have heard yet, might be listening to the Halford and Bruff show. I can confirm that uh, the majority of schools in Metro Vancouver are not going today. It's a snow day, kids. All public schools in Vancouver. Surrey, Burnaby, North Vancouver, West Vancouver, Abbotsford, Chilliwack, Coquitlam, Delta, Langley, Maple Ridge, New Westminster, Mission, and Richmond will be closed for the is, day. Is there any greater day for a kid than a snow day? You know I what? hope that you I, got to, we I got to bring that so to much. kid today. Our kids had a pro D day, so they wasted a pro D day. Ooh. That one hurts. Wow, that, that hurts. stings. That it's one hurts. Yeah. It's a kick in the teeth. Yeah. Oh, man. Anyway, for all the other kids, <laughs> congrats. I really hope. Hey, old man, bruv, get that phone off. Siri's been going off a lot. What is, so did someone say a Siri-ish thing? I don't think so. Oh, okay. It was just a public service address. All the children out there, no, enjoy no, no. your said, snow you know, you know when you say Siri? Don't do that. Yeah, I know. Don't trigger it again. Okay. If you know the trigger, don't right. trigger it we again. We are professional broadcasters. Yeah. Let's go to the phone lines now. Ian Furness joins us on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Good morning, Ian. How are you? Good morning, gentlemen. How are you guys? Good. As a radio professional, I'm sure you love that last 90 seconds of uninterrupted radio brilliance from the Halford and Bruff show. We'll just move past that. Um, let's, you know, it's funny. I didn't even know exactly where to start because there's so many things going on in Seattle right now. We were thinking uh, maybe we'll start with the crack. And then I'm like, I feel like we're burying the lead because Pete Carroll is out as Seahawks head coach. And then I'm like, and I feel like we're maybe burying the lead there because UW has had the most wild ride but really they managed to capture the true essence of college football, right? They went to the national title game, their coach left for Alabama, and then they poached a coach from a a conference rival, and that conference doesn't even exist anymore. So let's start there. What's it been like this last week for UW? Well, I thought you guys wanted to start with our school closures down here, but uh, if if, if not... Is Whatcom County? Hey, Whatcom County, not good right now. Like, because that's that's basically just South Canada, you know. Like we, yeah. like Whatcom County is South White Rock, isn't it? You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a speeding ticket well. once there, and believe me, they don't forget. No, you got to pay your pay, pay, well, pay your speeding tickets in Whatcom County. They'll put a warrant out for right, you, well, just so you know. Yeah, truth be told, truth be told, I, I've gone on is it Highway One, right, that, across Trans Canada, right. That's uh, mm-hmm. yep. your, 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 your friends, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Yeah. First of all, they're not mounted. They have fast cars. And second of all, they don't forget either. <laughs> like, but I think it's just a, a police thing. Anyway, let's uh, start with the Huskies. Yeah. What's going on there? Well, you know, they, yeah. In the course of like five days, actually in the course of, of six days, really, because you get to Sunday, Monday, they play the national title game. Thursday, rumors start to swell. Monday, they play the national title game. Wednesday, we find out that Nick Saban's out at Alabama. Within hours of that, Kalen DeBoer's name is mentioned. Friday, Kalen DeBoer was supposed to actually be on our radio station in studio doing an interview, kind of an end-of-the-season thing as with a Husky flagship station. Uh, he texted our producer at 10, 1030 at night and said, yeah, I'm not going to make it. Red flags everywhere. Uh, by Friday afternoon, he's in uh, Tuscaloosa, and by uh, Friday, you know, early evening or Saturday morning, he's being introduced as the new head coach. And by Sunday night, uh, we've got a new head coach for Washington named Jed Fish from Arizona. So yeah, it's been uh, who was introduced yesterday. So you know, over six or seven days, it was quite the quite the the roller coaster for Husky fans. They went up and down, but um, you know, they get the biggest name out there when they lose to Boer. 
Um, but it's, you know, they lost a ton of kids in the portal. Uh, they're already losing a bunch of guys to the NFL and, and so forth. So, yeah, it's been a, a rather tumultuous few days for them, for sure. How difficult is it going to be um, to go to the Big Ten next season um, with all the transition that the program is going through? Well, it's going to be a challenge anyway, uh, just because the conference is, is top-heavy better. You know, it's an interesting thing with, with college football. I mean, the Big Ten – which, you know, math, not, not their strong suit, despite how, how smart they think they are there. It's, you know, however many 18 teams, 17 teams now, but it's, they are, they're really top heavy. Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State. Uh, most of the time you can throw Wisconsin in there as well. And then you add USC to the mix, UCLA, you know, who knows what they're going to be on a year-to-year basis, but Oregon's going to be a top 10 team to start the year. So Washington losing, you know, their biggest piece to their puzzle was it was going to be a challenge anyway. Even with Kalen DeBoer, who, you know, Husky fans down here, and, and I'm certainly not one, but Husky fans will try to spin this that, you know, hey, Jed, Jed Fish turned down uh, around the Arizona team that was one and eleven two years ago. They were ten and three last year. You know, he's he's just as good as Kalen DeBoer. Let's not get carried away here. Kalen DeBoer uh was an unreal coach at washington that's why he was hired at alabama and not jed fish let's remember that first of all so it was going to be a tough one to do it anyway and then you add into that you lose michael Penix, who was really the big reason why this team was so good the last two years and they got to the college football playoff this year i mean he was just a dynamic college quarterback so it was going to be a challenge anyway we had a long way to go before we get there with the way the transfer portal works and kids able to kind of you know it's almost like unlimited free agency in college football now they should be able to re, you know, to, to, to restock the cupboard a little bit there and get their roster back in order. But they've got to find a quarterback. And if if Noah Fafita, who is the quarterback at Arizona, doesn't transfer to Washington and it doesn't look like he is, and I think initially everyone thought it was a given he was going to follow his coach. If he doesn't transfer here, they they got some they got some work to do to find that position. Um, how long do you think this process is going to take to hire the next Seahawks head coach? Well, it'll take at least. I mean, the earliest it could be done is is mid next week. The, the NFL has these these all these rules in place in terms of you know who in, or basically when you can interview people in person. Uh, they can do virtual interviews starting uh, yesterday today, uh, even if guys unless the guy's been fired, like a Mike Vrabel, you could you could do whatever with. But if, if you're looking at guys who are currently employed as coordinators or what have you in the in the league or even if it's somebody like a Dan Quinn whose team just got knocked out, you have to wait until next week before you can bring them for an in-person visit in, which, you know, I think would probably be a, a deal you need to do to, to get to, to hire somebody. So probably, you know, earliest is mid next week, but I think it might go on for a while unless they truly, I don't, you know, just having sat in that press conference yesterday, I don't think they really know who their number one guy is, to be honest with you. So I think it might take a little bit of time. Is John Schneider now the big power guy in terms of football yes. ops? Like, is he, and he? Do yeah. you do you expect him to just maintain that power? Like, he's not going to give that up too easily with his next head coach, is he? Yeah, yeah, fellas. It was an interesting dynamic yesterday. I mean, I've you know back in 2010 when you know the very first news conference that John Schneider was involved with, Pete Carroll was at his side up on the you know the main auditorium where they have the press conferences at the at the at the Seahawks headquarters. And, you know, we were talking yesterday at, at, at the press conference. I, I, none of us can remember uh, a time in which John Schneider did a solo press conference 
at least at the Virginia Mason Athletic Center. He's done interviews, you know, like he'll do, but he doesn't even do many of those. They, they kind of keep him. John's a wild card, man. He'll tell you stuff. He'll say stuff that may, I think the organization's will, their, their PR staff is very, <laughs> they're very careful with him because you never know what John's going to say. But, but as far as just an actual news conference, this is the dynamic that you're referring to. It was just him sitting up at the, at the table, at the podium yesterday. That's never happened. It's always been Pete by his side. He talked about it yesterday. I asked him point blank in the news conference. I said, hey, you know, what was your conversation like with Jody Allen and Burt Cold, who are kind of the de facto owners right now? And, you know, and he says, well, it's all private. But then he went into the fact that, hey, you know, Pete knew where I stood. We knew we underachieved. And the more you listen to him talk about the, quote, private conversation, the more you got the feeling that he was on board with Pete, you know, with, with the move to be made for Pete. And I think it probably came down to, hey, you know, John, we're going to get rid of Pete. Are you good with that? And if not, you're going to go, you're going to be gone too. <laughs> so, but the good news for him is that now you no longer have the head coach slash president of football operations ahead of you. It is John Schneider's show. He is the, he is the guy in charge. He's the only football guy in charge now. And so he's going to hire a coach that he can work with that, that is, you know, compatible for him uh, because the partnership between him and Carol, it, first of all, it never soured. I don't want people to get that impression. But that partnership for 14 years was incredible. It just doesn't happen in the, in the NFL. Hell, it doesn't happen in any sport where you have a GM and a coach that work that long, mm-hmm. that close together uh, with that kind of success. So he's going to have to find somebody that, that is compatible in that regard. And I think that's why when you ask all on the, 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 the uh, search will take, it might take a little bit of time. Dan Quinn's the obvious choice, but, boy, his last thing on his resume doesn't look too good with that <laughs> Dallas game last weekend. No, it really doesn't. Yeah, we're speaking to Ian Furness from KJR Sports Radio in Seattle here on the Halford & Breff Show on Sportsnet 650. Ian, if you had to choose the next head coach of the Seattle Seahawks, who would you choose? Oh, boy, that's a great question. Um, I, I, I always – I hate this is bad sports radio, guys, and I apologize. I, I just – I. I hesitate to be that guy because I don't know the, I, I know Dan Quinn. I, I covered Dan Quinn. Uh, I, I talked to Dan Quinn. If I see him pregame on a sideline, I, you know, we, we share a conversation quickly. I, I really like Dan Quinn. I really do. He's the only guy of these people that I've ever crossed paths with. And, you know, so many of us down here in the, in the NFL media, you know, everyone's a, a you know, a, a, an armchair offensive or defensive coordinator right we all know none of us have ever called a play in our life but we all know that so I really have a hard time saying it's this or this or this but I would tell you this I I asked I asked Schneider yesterday at the press conference I said you know are you looking for or what's the difference between an offensive head coach a defensive head coach or a special teams guy because you know there's a big talk down here about like let's get an offensive coordinator or an offensive minded head coach and you know what, honestly, guys, it, it's, I, I think he's leaning towards an offensive guy. And if that's the case, then Ben Johnson in Detroit might be that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they, you know, I, I think that that's what they're kind of looking at. I like Dan Quinn. I thought the second Pete Carroll was fired, that Dan Quinn, they were getting ahead of the Dan Quinn sweepstakes because he's probably going to get a head coaching job. But the more I listen to Schneider, it might be a Ben Johnson. that's probably going to be an offensive guy. Dave Canales, who's the offensive coordinator in Tampa, they just came off that huge, you know, playoff win against Philadelphia, he was here forever and a day and, and worked in a couple of different roles, was never a play caller, never an offensive coordinator. Uh, he was a quarterback's coach and, and a wide receiver's coach for Seattle for the, under Pete Carroll. But, boy, he's done a really nice job with Baker Mayfield. And that might be your wild card pick. Like that a young guy, energetic, Pete Carroll tree, no Schneider. Um, and Schneider, here's the thing with this dude. 
he is not, he's got stones, man. This guy has big, big stones. He is not afraid to take – you look at the draft every year. Mm-hmm. And how many times, you know, have I come on with you guys or you guys are looking, talking to somebody else and going, okay, well, who's, who the hell did Seattle just pick? I, I don't know. No one expected that to happen. Why? Because this guy doesn't care, man. He's, he's got the utmost confidence in himself and, and what he does. And so maybe a Dave Canales taking a big swing might be the guy. Um, so Halford and I talked all season really about the future of the Seahawks. And we often threw out the question, do you think Pete will be the coach next season? And, you know, we, we, we wondered sometimes, but most of the time we assumed that yes, he would be back. So when the news broke that Pete was out, um, it was a surprise to us. Uh, I don't know if shock would be the word, but I think it was a surprise to us in the days since the announcement was made. What have you learned about the the main factors in the decision to move on from Pete Carroll that Jody Allen, who is the sister of Paul Allen, the, the owner of the team who passed away in 2018, um, but she's the de facto owner. It's owned by kind of a trust and, and Vulcan now, but she's in charge. And Burt Cole is kind of the right hand person, uh, Paul's old college roommate, and he kind of runs Vulcan Sports. Um, they're fans. And that they're fans first and foremost. And this isn't a, this, I'm not making that in a derogatory way, but they, this was unacceptable, Uh, you know, and, and Schneider opened his news conference yesterday saying we underachieved in 2023. And that's why we're sitting here today and it's him and not Pete. And so I, I think, you know, you say it wasn't a shock. It was a surprise. I would agree. I'd say whatever the word is in between surprise and shock, that's probably what it was. But then you kind of look at it, and 14 years is a long time, and I'd say they just became stagnant. And it, I, I, I think you have to applaud the organization for having, you know, to, for making this decision. And I, I never would have been someone that got on the air and said, Pete Carroll's got to go. But, you know, you're 9-8 and eight every year. You're, you're really, that's kind of where they were. They hadn't won a playoff game. Now, they've won a playoff game, and more recently than, say, Pittsburgh and Mike Tomlin which is a lot of talk right now, but, yeah. but they just hadn't won a playoff game. They hadn't got to the NFC championship game since 2014 season, you know? And so it was probably time to make a change and, and do something. Their roster guys, it, it, it's, I, I do a segment every week with a, a probably the best X's and O's guys. He works for NFL films, guy named Greg Cosell. And we talk every week and he just, he goes knee deep into the, into the film study. And as he said, I, I asked him to kind of wrap up the season last week. And, and he said, this is the hardest team he's ever evaluated in the NFL. And, and this is not just this year ever, because this is, I look at this team, there's a ton of talent and sometimes they look great. And sometimes they're just awful. And it's just hard to put, but you know what that is? That comes down to coaching. And, and I think at the end, Pete's message wasn't getting through to this new younger generation of players, uh, Bobby Wagner and Jordan Brooks, you know, Tyler Lockett, Geno Smith, they heard it, but I don't think the other guys did. And that's why they made the move. You mentioned Gino at the end there. Um, if you had to handicap it or put odds or put percentages on it, what's the likelihood that he's the starting quarterback in week one next season? 50-50. Yeah. I'd say 50-50. That's, again, another cop-out boy. Am I, just, I am just a, a candy-ass today. I'm it's, sorry. It's I, okay. If you had heard yeah. the rest of the show, you would have been like, this is appropriate. So, yeah. That's yeah, fine. I yeah. just – but, you know, I, 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 the feeling we always had down here is that Gino was Pete's guy. Mm-hmm. And Drew Locke or the field, <laughs> whoever else you are drafted or whatever, that would be John Schneider's guy. And so with that, it, it's just kind of a, 
I, I just I, I, I think that they're going to draft. I, listening to Schneider, you know, we're all trying to connect dots. You guys probably do the same thing when, when you're when, you know, Alvin or, or, or Rutherford, anybody's talking, right? You're always trying to connect the dots, and you're always trying to, you know, translate what they really mean. And listening to Schneider yesterday, and I think I go back to the question we asked about the, you know, um, you know what he's looking for in a head coach. I think they're going to draft a quarterback finally. And I say finally, they drafted Russ in 2012 in the third round. Uh, some guy named Alex Magoo, XFL star Alex Magoo, in the seventh round. Those are the only two quarterbacks they've ever drafted. So really, in essence, they drafted one. I think they're going to draft the quarterback. I, I think if they can, after June 1st, they can get out of Geno's contract a little easier. But there's a big part of me that thinks that it could be Drew Locke and a rookie battling it out next year. Or it could be Geno Smith mentoring a rookie that maybe you get in say the third round or something but i i i just i think at some point they've got to get a quarterback for the future i mean gino's in his 30s yeah and he was okay last year but he was and he wasn't the reason they didn't make the playoffs but he certainly wasn't a reason you know like two years like in 2022 he was a big reason they did make the playoffs so if that makes sense. So, yeah, I, I think I think 50-50 at best. I think Drew Locke, he'd probably make the same, you know, uh, argument because, you know, at times Drew Locke and his limited play looked okay, and I think there's an upside there. So I'd say 50-50 there. Um, with all that's been going on in the NFL and college football, have the Kraken been able to get any attention down there? I mean, they had a nine-game oh, yeah. nine winning streak. That must have excited the fans. Yeah, I mean, they were <laughs> – you know, we lucked out because the Winter Classic, luckily Washington's Sugar Bowl game that day was the late game at 545. So that was, you know, first of all, just an incredible day, guys. Like, just an absolutely incredible, incredible day uh, at T-Mobile Park. You know, 47,000 people. The NHL, you know, I, I, I hear people bash on Bettman and, and the league and all that sometimes. And I get it. It's, it's a fun thing to do to hammer commissioners or, or leagues as a whole. We, we, we have kind of an apples to apples in a sense to look at, although regular season versus exhibition, but we had all-star weekend for MLB here in July. And then we had the winter classic and yes, I'm a bigger hockey fan than I am a baseball fan, admittedly, but I think just objectively, everyone I talked to and going the winter classic was head and shoulders better than better run than organized atmosphere. Everything about it was better than the, than the baseball, the two, you know, home run derby in the game. Uh, and that was a good kickstart for hockey as a whole. So were the playoffs last year. But, you know, we're in the States, and, and hockey season doesn't start until after football ends. Well, football's over now here. The coaching search is going on, but, you know, we're settling down. The unfortunate thing for the Kraken is right when all that stuff's ending, and after the Winter Classic, they go on a six-game road trip. So it's like right. out of sight, out of mind, and playing these early games in New York and Pittsburgh and everything. But, um, no, you know, they still draw really well. Uh, I think you, you kind of feel a little bit of momentum. They're hitting a little bit of a skid with all the injuries they've got, and illness, and you know the two straight losses after nine straight wins. And they're a funny team, guys. I mean, I don't know if you've looked at their at any of their numbers. It, like, I don't know how they win sometimes. I really don't. They, they're the 27th, uh, you know, 27th in the league in goals per game. Their top two scorers are Dunn and Bjorkstrand, who are 68th and 69th in the NHL scoring race. Uh, I mean. Yes, Decord's been sensational. That's probably been a big part of it. Drigger was good. Last night he wasn't. He's good in Calgary. Got a shutout. Um, but they're banged up right now. They got, uh, you know, Beneers on the injured list. Uh, you know, Dunn, Beneers, and who am I missing? Berkowski. Well, that's just a given. Uh, they were all out last night. So if they're healthy, they're a four deep. They're a line that's four deep, a team that's four lines deep. 
and they're, they're a problem. But their margin of error is really thin, really, really thin, just because they have a hard time scoring. So, um, But, yeah, people are still excited, and once they get back, they got Toronto here on Sunday after – Luckily, they get to go see Edmonton tomorrow with their 11-game lucky-ass winning streak after last night. So, <laughs> um, but they, huh? Like seriously, Toronto—it's two nothing. Like, can yeah, Toronto can't. Eat? Toronto's got problems. Toronto's got problems right what, now. I think is that their fifth. That's their fifth loss in the last seven games with a two-goal lead. I think yeah. something like that, right? That's not it's great. Like, well, you're you're depending on 65-year-old Martin Jones in net. So, I mean, I you know, all due respect to the North fan, great, but my gosh, like hold a lead, guys. Do you, you realize yeah. that if the Kraken sneak into the playoffs and they could, um, we could have a Canucks Kraken first round, right? Guys, can you I imagine? Tell you, oh, it's needed. It's totally Honestly, needed. Totally needed. You yeah. like like for our market, the biggest thing for us, like last year, we got into the playoffs down here, and I was I kind of was concerned going in. I said, "Boy, Colorado first round, defending Stanley Cup champs, it's like a four or five game series." would have just been brutal, mm-hmm. you know, like no momentum, no excitement. It's done before you even blink. The fact that it went seven, when it got to six games, I'm like, this is fantastic. Like we got people fired up. TV numbers were big. Radio numbers were big. And then boom, they get to the second round and go seven games more. It got it going. Colorado was a little bit of a, you can feel the rivalry with Colorado. Everyone hates Kale McCarr. It's great. It's fantastic. I mean, bad hit, you know, chump play, all that. And, and so you have that rivalry. Dallas is hard to get a rivalry with because they're the Dallas Stars. If this team got into the playoffs and saw Vegas, or more specifically, and hopefully they saw Vancouver, it would be it would be a shot in the arm for this sport and this team that would be much needed. It'd be fantastic. I couldn't. I'd be awesome. Absolutely uh, awesome. So hopefully that happens. Everyone down there thinks drunk Canadians are annoying at a baseball game. Wait till playoff hockey. Well, well, you know, the thing is, like Mariner fans, you look at where those Blue Jay f- fans sit. It's because Mariner season ticket holders sell their, sell their seats to them. Mm-hmm. I don't think that would happen in the NHL playoffs. Like, I, I think you guys, I think we'd lock you out. And plus, they, they'd check your passport at the gate and stuff. You're not getting in. Like, like you're, you're not getting in. And we're going to, you know, probably it might be a good time to shut down the border again at that point as well. You know, like go back to 2020 and just shut down the peace arch and you know maybe you can sneak through the truck crossing but we're going to shut down the peace arch and you guys are hooped at that point so i'll tell you what i would i would love to find out if all this would come true like i would take that for a crack in uh canucks first round series hey ian thanks a lot for doing this today man we really appreciate it uh enjoy whatever is next for the u-dub or for the seahawks or for the crack and there's a lot going on right now in seattle Anytime, boys. Take care. Have a good day. Uh, Thanks, thank Ian. you. That's Ian Furness from KJR Sports Radio here on the Halford & Brush Show on Sportsnet 650. Yes, I just did call it the UW. That was my bad. I meant to say the UW Huskies, but that's okay. You're listening to the best of Halford & Bruff.